Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything. Kratom. Good to have you with us on this Monday morning. Happy start to the week. I always find Mondays to be particularly difficult, especially when it's raining out like it is today, although I do love the rain. But you know what? You just got to take Monday, grab it by the horns, and keep moving. So that's what we will do. Let's move. Today I was thinking of looking at the World Health Organization's 44th Expert Committee on Drug Dependence, or the ECDD, which is going to be meeting in October and looking at the FDA's uh, input on Kratom. Now the FDA is going to be, quote-unquote, considering... The comments that have been submitted over the past couple months and as they consider these they will be making a recommendation to the world health organization about what they think should happen with regards to kratom internationally i think we all are kind of up to speed on that so i didn't know though what the process would look like after that so did a little digging and here's what i've pulled up so In October, the World Health Organization's 44th Expert Committee on Drug Dependence, which I'll call from now on the ECDD, will meet in Geneva to review the potential of certain substances to cause abuse, dependence, and harm to health, as well as any therapeutic applications. And among other items on the agenda during the meeting, which is going to take place from October 11th to 15th, The ECDD will conduct a pre-review of Kratom and its constituents, metragenine and 7-hydroxymetragenine, to determine whether current information justifies a critical review. So, there are two different reviews. There's the pre-review, and then there's the critical review. The critical review is really where the action happens. The pre-review is where they get ready to take action, or they really decide if action is needed in which case then they have to do a critical review. So I didn't realize that this is a little bit, you know, of a, it's a bit of a longer, you know, process in reality than I thought. I thought that if the World Health Organization's committee just said, oh, you know, the FDA seems to have a point here, you know, with whatever, regards to whatever the point is that the FDA wants to make, they could make a decision to go through with, you know, doing whatever the FDA recommends, and that would take effect Uh, you know, pretty quickly. But actually, it's like a two- to five-year process. Two- to five-year process. So um, let's look at it a bit more. So it says, The pre-review process determines basically whether sufficient evidence exists to bring the substance before the expert committee on drug dependence for a formal review. Um, Now, of course, Kratom advocates are fearing that the U.N., Uh, Commission on Narcotic Drugs are going to schedule it, you know, schedule Kratom as a drug internationally. And that will require dozens of countries, which include the U.S., who are parties to the 1971 Convention on Psychotropic Substances, to ban the substance. Um, But it's not likely to occur anytime soon. So that's interesting. Um, The entire process could take two to five years, uh, with the U.S. eventually modifying the Controlled Substances Act. Uh, Either the DEA or the FDA 
or both agencies would then you know they'd have to create a temporary scheduling which would then go through a scheduling process but it would not require congressional action um and the there are some implications of of if the commission on narcotic drugs of the un you know ultimately votes to add kratom to the list of substances under international control that would place reporting requirements on countries uh, in order to regulate the manufacturing and distribution and trade of, you know, kratom. But uh, the exact reporting requirements would depend on how the substance is scheduled. Okay, this um, Secretariat of the UN actually said, uh, while the recommendations for the international control from the World Health Organization are based on the health effects of a substance in relation to its risks to public health and therapeutic uses, the Commission on Narcotic Drugs may also consider social, economic, administrative, and other matters when deciding whether to place a drug under international control. So that stuck out to me because that means that they're not just taking into account straight up what a substance does or doesn't do to somebody's body and the reports on that, but also what does it mean for changing the status of that substance. Um, Let's see, what else do I have here? So, diving in even a bit further, depending on the outcome of the assessment of the substance of this committee, they could advise to place the substance under international control to transfer the substance from one schedule to another, to delete the substance from a scheduling, or to keep the substance under surveillance out of a lack of evidence for actual abuse or dependency. That last one, I think, might have a possibility of happening. To keep the substance under surveillance out of a lack of evidence for actual abuse or dependency. I don't know if that's what's gonna happen, But it's one of the four primary actions that this committee can make and uh, can make happen. And it seems kind of like, you know, with with the pre-review that the World Health Organization put out there, it seemed kind of like, yeah, we don't know. We're just going to see what the FDA thinks and then take it from there. Um, If people's comments actually do make a difference, make a mark. Um, that last one might actually end up happening because the whole point is there, there isn't enough research on Kratom. And to, that's, you know, kind of one of the main reasons why all these Kratom proponents are saying that the, the FDA taking hasty action over and over again on this stuff just doesn't make sense because they're not actually doing any of the research. They're just saying, well, let's ban it. And of course, you, you know, the other can, you can say the same for thinking about it the other way. Oh, you know, just keeping it completely legal um, doesn't make sense because there hasn't been enough research on it. You know, I could see the argument either way, but I think that it makes more sense to not ban something until you know more about it rather than ban it and then learn about it um, when it could have profound impacts on the public. Okay, moving on here. What happens after the ECDD has formulated its recommendations? So the recommendations are going to be presented by the Director General of the World Health Organization to the UN Secretary General and the United Nations Controlled Narcotic Board, uh, or the CND. The CND convenes each year in March in Vienna 
to review and analyze the global drug situation. Considering the interrelated issues of prevention of drug abuse, rehabilitation of drug users, and supply and trafficking in illicit drugs. It takes action through resolutions and decisions. The CND decides on the basis of recommendations by the WHO to place narcotic drugs and psychotropic substances under international control. So this is going to be a bit longer of a process than I thought, everybody. Um, Which I think is good because it gives more time for maybe even more information to to come out. Um, So I was actually pleasantly surprised to learn about this. Now, the other thing that I thought I'd share with everybody is that they make public, um, they actually make this public, the information on who's on the committee, who's going to be making these decisions. And I think that that's important too, because I want the people who are making decisions to have a good background in, you know, the sort of field of drugs, um, psychotropic substances, uh, abuse potential. I want them to be knowledgeable. So let's see, who's on the committee? So on the committee, which is made up of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve people, almost all of them are doctors. A lot of them uh, are professors as well. Um, we have a professor of pharmacology, um, an assistant professor in the faculty of medical sciences. Um, we have a doctor of mental health, uh, professional degrees in medical and toxicology. Um, we have people who are from Japan, from Uganda, or sorry, Uruguay, from uh, Nigeria, from the United States, from Canada. We have professor of psychiatry, um, someone from the National Drug Dependence Treatment Center in India, a consultant forensic toxicologist, professor of neurobiology, pharmacist toxicologist and I see PhD up and down the board and um, professor who got their PhD from the University of Minnesota completed postdoctoral training at the Addiction Research Foundation in Toronto so you know basically everybody on this committee should know what they're looking at and I think that if they take an honest look at the evidence in front of them I think that the likely scenario in my playbook would be that they're going to say there's not enough research on it and it's just going to be a more drawn out process but we'll see you know who knows but overall it seems like this isn't going to be you know wrapped up anytime soon unless something extraordinary happens where you know they say in this October meeting there's you know no evidence whatsoever of harm and you know let's just forget about this <laughs> which i don't foresee happening but if even if they do say this is something that we need to consider as a critical review because it might be something we should ban that still puts it out a couple of years everybody so hoping this brings some clarity to what we're looking at here uh again the meeting's coming up in mid-october And we'll be learning a bit more after that. All right. Nothing like that to start off a Monday. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, Stay safe. Keep on keeping on. Grab the day by the horns. Keep moving. All right. (laughs) 
Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.